It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. As the music indicates, it is, in fact, an Articles of News episode, and I am joined by the mayor of Newsville. It's Mr. Mayor Andrew J. Mayor. Good morning. Do I know what the Good J- afternoon. Do I know what, what the, sta- the J stands for? I don't know if we've ever said it. Should I tell people or should we, or should we just let it be a mystery? Well, I mean, I'm fine with it being a mystery, but... If I know anything about mysteries of middle names, it will disappoint people when they find out the it end of the mystery. It definitely will. It's not going to be like Jehoshaphat or something. Yeah, which would be it cool. It, Jay. James? Justin. It's Jason. Jason. Yeah, see? That would have been a huge disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, Jason. Oh, I thought it would be cooler than that. Nope, it's not. It's just Andrew Jason. When uh, I was a kid, I, you know... I think I don't know if everyone does, but man, everyone. I I thought, man, what if I just I'll go by Jason. Mm-hmm. I tried that for a little while, and mm-hmm. no one ever caught on. So. Like family or like friends? They're like, I thought your name was Andrew. Yeah, wait, yeah, like it was like a day. It's mm-hmm. not like I like pushed. My brother did it. My brother's name is Justin Travis Mayer, uh-huh. and what? And he did it while I was on my mission. So that's the sucky thing is that. He made the transition while I was on my mission, and he forced the transition. He, And so by the time I got home, his name was Travis, and everyone kept ta- talking about Travis. And I'm like, ah, who's Travis? <laughs> so, yeah, I, it took me a few years afterwards to actually stop calling him Justin. I was hoping that actually while you were on your mission, he took your middle name. That's where I was hoping that story was that going. Would have been a, that would have been even funner. Yeah, but he didn't. No, he took his own middle name. Well, as someone who, as a young child, was Ricky, who in adolescence and tween and teenhood was Rick, and then who, when he went to college, changed his name to Richie Teed, it's possible. It's not too late for you, Andrew J. Mayer. And I want you. Does anyone still call you Ricky? Uh, my I have an aunt who calls me Ricky. Everyone else transitioned. Everyone else, everyone else transitioned either to Rick or to Richie. Uh, when my family calls me Richie, I actually don't care for that. If they if they call me Rick, that's how I appreciate it. Uh, and also high school friends, when they'll come up and they'll be like, Richie, because they'll know, you know that that's sort of what I go by now. I'll say, no, 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 let me stop you right there. I would like you to call me Rick. It helps. It helps yeah. because then I can go, all right, if they're calling me Rick, I know from what time of my life they're from and I can help identify and place them. I think that's the same thing with Drew. It was only in high school and only with a small group of friends that I was really ever called Drew. And so I like that. Mm-hmm. I like when I'm with them that they still call me Drew, even though they don't always. Because if someone calls me Drew, typically, I mean, like if, if I was in like Smith's Food King, mm-hmm. I'm walking down and I heard Drew, I could I could say, well, that's that's one of 10 people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you ever an Andy? Oh, yeah. Andy was, and that that was my whole life. I'm okay. Andy. Okay. Uh, when I became, when I when I moved into kind of the professional world and writing and doing everything, uh, uh, Andrew became kind of the the go to. And it, again, I I like that too because I feel like if you're familiar with me, like on a real close friendship basis, you're mm-hmm. gonna call me Andy. Okay. Just you know, but professionally and you know, I usually just start with Andrew and just kind of see where. Where people go from there. It's interesting because I I don't think I would ever call you Drew or Andy or Jason for that matter. I, you are you are <laughs> always to me an Andrew. 
Yeah, and it's because I'm the mayor. I have to keep a high. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the middle initial. In case you decide to become the uh, mayor of Apostleville, we have to have the middle initial right. with your name. I don't think that'll have ever. No, happen. no, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and then to wrap out this this riveting name conversation, which we've done yeah. to start this whole episode, uh, when I get older. Uh, and turn 50, it is my full-fledged intention to go by Dick Stedman. Yeah, there you go. Dick Dick Stedman. That yep. would be off. Awesome. Dick That's Stedman, you, the mayor that, of Taylorsville. You have to be like older, over 50 yeah. at least. Yes. Before Dick Dick really works. Yeah. And I'd yeah. never go by Dick Dick just to be just to be clear because you said uh, you'd have to go by Dick Dick. I think you were just you know making your way through it, but I would never go by Dick Dick. Those are those cute little deer. Yeah, yeah, those are the, the little antelope. That was yeah. a Jeopardy question. I mean, technically a dick dick. I just want to, I don't want to let you slide on that. They're not an antelope. They're technically called dick dicks. Look it up, kids. No, no. They're, 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 they're a, a subspecies of antelope. And oh, I only know that because it was a Jeopardy question. From Ken Jennings? Or from Blossom? Uh, Ken Jennings. Okay. It was like last night or the night before. We usually kind of binge multiple Jeopardies. All in one shot. And yeah, it was you last night we watched it, but I can't remember if it was the one from yesterday or earlier this week. But it was this week I on Jeopardy. I promise we have news to come, but I have to know about this. You binge watch Jeopardy like. Yeah. We definitely do. So, like, we'll, like, save them up and then we'll watch, like, a whole bunch all at one time. So we, like, TiVo them and okay. then we just kind of. Oh, we. I mean, to me, that, like, is a great way to wind down the day. Okay. Just watch Watch Mr. Jennings or uh, or or Blossom. Uh, actually, so that's an interesting story. Do I go for the the uh, the the religion and go for Ken Jennings or or I you know I like them both. I think I that hard... I think they're going to stick with both. I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to do they one do. over the other. Yeah, I hope they go back and forth because every time I get like uh, the missing Ken Jennings, like I'm like ah. You know, and then he 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 shows up. There mm-hmm. he is. Great, mm-hmm. great. Ken Jennings is on, and then um, and then I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I'm missing Blossom in just that right time. So I think it's the, you'll you'll never get sick of them if there's always they always change. And then finally, to- maybe it could be Aaron Rodgers. He might be. Uh, I know that Green Bay is going all after him to try and get him to come back for another season, or maybe he signed or something. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe they're just yeah. waiting on him. Maybe that's what the the stall is. Yeah, that's he's the one who's gonna take over the whole thing. My wife, I can't remember. Out of all the different Jeopardy hosts, mm-hmm. my wife preferred, and I'm trying to remember his name. He was a sportscaster mm. uh, who mm. did it, and and I, you know, but did you watch all the different Jeopardy hosts? No, last year? no, no. Every single one, we were rating them down. Yeah, it was awesome. We were we were cheering for the ones we liked and. Actually, I I think they got the two best. But. You you started a podcast. It's called Who is yeah. the Who is the who, host? Who's the, I didn't start. I I've started too many podcasts and stopped them too quickly. So this is the only one left. Well, I want you to know <laughs> that after all of your stops and starts, we keep coming back to these two hearts. Thank That's you, right. two people who know that musical reference. Okay, Mr. Mayor, let me ask you: Is there anything of import going on in your life? Anything that we need to know about? Catch you up. Nothing, nothing important right now going on. Just I'm on vacation. Today's the second day of my vacation, and it's not a going anywhere vacation. It's a staycation. And I think someone should re-record the Go Go's song (laughs) 
from vacation and turn it into staycation. The, and, true story. There's a commercial here in Utah that does that. Staycations are so exciting. <laughs> Staycation coming get away. Yep. Eh, that's too bad, actually. I was <laughs> joking. And now that I know someone actually did it, I'm disappointed. <laughs> now, now there's a whole lot of self-loathing going on. Sorry, Mr. Yep, Sorry. Yep. So uh, other than that, so I woke up on my vacation to do this. So this is just so you know. That's why I've got the love. That's why I've got the love yep, for you. This is a big deal. Uh, well, anyway, then let me reciprocate that love. You can buy Andrew J. Mayer's book. Uh, you're looking to get in, in the uh, the Christmas spirit early. You want to get it done like, in late like, February, like, like early really March. Early. Yeah, get 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 that Christmas spirit right in now. There will be a link in the show notes so you can be able to purchase his book. Uh, look for uh, Volume 2, Electric Boogaloo, coming out this fall. And we'll tell you about it People as it People are going to be disappointed when it's not called that. Yeah. Well. it won't. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a special version of it <laughs> as subtitled Electric Boogaloo. I think, I think Jason Mayer should do a sequel called Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Thoughts. There you go. Uh, the, the only interesting thing I, uh, for me is that now the, uh, the Homesteadman 2, the n- newly commissioned Homesteadio, I don't know what we're going to call it, starting to come together. Uh, we've got walls and doors and, um, you know, the is there a, is there a, trim. Are you getting close to a move-in date? Uh, no. Nope. I asked my contractor. This is great. I asked my contractor for a move-in date. He's like, nah, I don't know. And I was like, I feel like people give people dates so that they can anticipate, like, when they're going to move out of places or anything like that. And he's like, not in this world. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because uh, all of, like, materials and workers and everything like that, he's been burned too many times when he's given dates. Because once you get a date, then you can say, okay, well, anything beyond this date, then there's a certain amount. And there's a lot of things that aren't out of his control. So he's unwilling to give me a specific date. At least he's setting correct expectations. Right. I mean, if he's, you know, he if he was always trying to, like, well, we, we could do... We could do April seventh, and then it's May seventh, and right. then it's right. Then it's August seventh. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the the going joke is that we hope to be in by General Conference. We just hope that it's Spring General Conference and not Fall General Conference. And truthfully, if you just say General Conference, mm-hmm. you just don't know what year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is what it feels like. But it'll be cool. I'm super excited for a lot of the uh, awesome things that are going to be coming out, especially video-wise as we move into the new space as well. And I'll tease it at that. Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. And as you know, there's been this humongous video card shortage. In fact, there's been a huge electronic component shortage. But no need to worry. At PC Laptops, we just got in shiploads of NVIDIA and AMD video cards. We have them in stock right now. And they're available with all new PC Laptops desktop computer systems. All of our desktops are backed with a lifetime parts and labor warranty. That means if your video card blows up in 10 years, you're covered 100%. Now you can get our cutting edge PCs for as low as $29 a month. And we also have 12 month special financing. Hurry into PC laptops right now and grab a desktop computer with an NVIDIA or AMD video card. Because at PC laptops, we really love you. PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Oh, hey, is this seat taken? 
My name is Kurt Franken from the Leading Saints podcast, and it's about time I make it to the back row of the Culture Hall and tell you what's happening. Your friends over at Leading Saints are organizing another virtual conference, and this time we're talking about how do we lead the rising generation. We're calling it the Young Saints Virtual Conference. That's right. How do we lead 12-year-olds and beyond in the church and even the young adults? They live in a different world than many of us when we were young, and they face unique challenges. So we've gathered 20-plus presenters who have a unique experience working with youth and finding success. To get all the details and to see who is speaking and what topics will be covered, visit leadingsaints.org youth. You can find the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org youth. Here in the second half of Articles of News, wherein we'll do actual Articles of News. Hold on a second, Peter. I want to tell everyone that coming up in the third block, uh, we're going to be chatting with a gentleman whose name is Marcus. Marcus Smith is his name. And uh, he's got a podcast that I think is fascinating. I'll tell you this. It is not something for everyone, but for those of you who like his type of podcast. It is the best in the business. It's called Constant Wonder, and it's so so you like all you uh, all you folk who like the the Nova Channel and the that kind of stuff. It's the deep dives into very. Uh, I can't even explain it except that it's full of constant wonderment. And Marcus will be here in the third block now. Now, would you please hit it, Peter? You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. So people are probably going to, you know, tune into this, Andrew, and they're going to think, okay, well, Brad Wilcox, what have they got? That's a story that has come since we last chatted. Yeah, that's probably one way we probably should start with. Get it out of the way so we don't have to keep. (laughs) So a lot of people, I'm sure, familiar uh, about it, certainly. Uh, by this point. So here, here is uh, my quick summary. Uh, doing a fireside in Alpine, uh, talking about um, race, talking about uh, women in the priesthood, um, and, you know, giving a talk like Brad Wilcox does. Um, it was recorded, and I think that that's probably why this has become more uh, uh, you know, distributed and and, and more well known. Um, the the first initial fireside came out. Um, he said not only racially insensitive things, but um, you know, misogynistic things. Lots of lots of there was it was very troublesome and also historically inaccurate. The comments that he made about uh, blacks and the priesthood, saying that they didn't have it for a long time until 1978. I mean, we know that to not be the case with Elijah Abels and other folks, right? So it, it was riddled with trouble, and he quickly made a first apology, and then he it was surfaced that he has made this talk, as most people who go on like a speaking circuit do, he's made this talk or elements of this talk multiple times. And then he came back and made a second apology as he was giving another fireside. And his wife uh, had want to defend her husband on Facebook as well. So that became a big thing. And then, of course, everyone wanted to weigh in on uh, Brad Wilcox. And now, in addition, and I didn't see this until yesterday, uh, there is now um, some form Allegedly, I don't know that that's who these people are, but I'm assuming so because no one said, no, this isn't the case. And it looks like BYU, there are some form of security who stand outside of Brad Wilcox's class on the campus of BYU. And so uh, a huge deal and rightfully so. He has apologized now twice for that, uh, has said things like, 
you know, in his first apology, he said, I'm sorry for those who were offended. And then in his second apology, he's always the worst policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the worst apology you can do is sorry for you being offended. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, and then also in the second apology saying, you know what, I've had the opportunity to have conversations with other people uh, and people have speculated um, that one of the people that he talked to was one of the other men of the of the general young men's presidency who is black, who likely said, hey, you know what? maybe you don't understand why this is so problematic. Let me share this experience with you. So I would say a few things uh, from this. One, there's something, and I posted this on Twitter, so you can follow us at The Cultural Hall. There's something just unsettling that we have someone who's speaking in the church that needs security outside of their class, right? Unsettling that he could say something that would be that upsetting to people. Yeah, I agree. And also that there would be people that would Yes. Cause him harm because of it. Yes, 100%. Uh, The second thing that I would want to to, uh, throw into this space is to to recognize that if people are going to get better, and I'm not apologizing for Brad Wilcox, so everyone hear me very clearly, uh, if we want to allow space for people to be better, we have to have mistakes occur allow them to apologize, and then judge their behavior post-apology as to whether or not they are contrite, whether or not they have learned the things, and whether or not they have changed the ways. If we get really upset and we, oh, man, we got to get rid of this guy and everything is, you know, and maybe he should and maybe he shouldn't, and I'm not going to weigh in on that, but if we don't allow the room for people to make mistakes and allow them to be forgiven for their mistakes— then people won't ever learn. Or you get the pushback where it's like, what, are you trying to cancel me? You don't cancel me. And then we don't, we don't gain the, the, the point of learning and growing at all. We don't, we don't create that atmosphere where people can feel comfortable to make a mistake and be able to learn from it. I completely agree with that, but I'm going to just be a little devil, devil's advocate for just a second. Do it. Only because I think there is... Places in the church, whether it's whether it's uh, the way we, we 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 treat men and women differently, or whether it's um, um, I you know whether whether I think that there's some people who are willing to accept that, and other people who whether you because you're not a general authority, if you were to say the same things, you might not get the same kind of leeway, right? Sure, and I think. Well, I, I while I agree with what you're you said exactly, I think that 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 standard needs to be spread everywhere um, equally, right? So we need to give everyone um, at every level the right to be wrong, the right to have opinions, and not not be canceled, excommunicated, disfellowship just because they have an opinion. Now, understanding that they might need to be correction made, and they might need to. To, to, to change the way they look at something. And I think that's what where Brad Wilcox does. The last thing I'll say about this is I think that's one of the reasons this is so striking is that for many members, Brad Wilcox has been historically at least viewed as one of the more compassionate seeming. And so when something like this comes out, mm-hmm. um, because his 
online and 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 his persona that I think is being perceived when you see something that is not that in line with that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um you it kind of really strikes you like I think that there's likely general authorities that people wouldn't be surprised at you know what I mean mm-hmm. but this one is this one I think is is very surprising because um I've I've listened I've read and listened to Brad Wilcox before and I've always come away I don't want to use the word progressive there's too many things behind it but he he's always come across to me as one of the more open-minded um Mm -hmm. and so when he says when I read this I was like I was like my eyes just kept getting wider as I'm as I'm reading and I'm like I gotta shut my eyes because it it um it did strike me so Strongly that that's that's the wording he used. And my last two things are 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 this uh, on a very base level. If you are a white person, you should never use the phrase the blacks. That is never going to go well for you ever. I don't think. I mean, that's really right. base. And people may come at me and you're welcome to do that. But I think as even a, if the black person tells you. Yeah, I think okay I you can say it. a bl- a black person. Or yep. black people I know, but I don't think that you ever use the phraseology, the blacks. I think that's a, a good rule, like takeaway there. And I looked up how to give an apology. And I wanted to share this because I think that, oh, you know, in, in this in this uh, spirit of like, hey, we're all going to make mistakes and learning from this mistakes and growing from the mistakes and all that. So here are, and this is from Think Goodness dot com uh, five steps about uh, how you can make a good apology number one name what you did wrong don't just say i'm sorry you got hurt that's not owning up to your actions so name what you did wrong don't try and defend it don't oh but i but name what you did wrong number two use empathy maybe your actions wouldn't have hurt you but the fact is they hurt someone else Number three, make it all about you, what you did, what you, you. Number four, keep explanations brief. Sometimes that's where we go on to try and defend ourselves. Oh, but you didn't, and because I come from, and you didn't know that it's... And then number five, let it go. And that is the five steps of an apology. Thank goodness. The last thing I'll say is, in my heart of hearts, wouldn't it be amazing if Brad Wilcox at General Conference got up and had, like, picture-in-picture Brad Wilcox and went through his talk and said, this is what I said, this is what I've learned, we all have the opportunity for growth. That would be one of the most powerful General Conference talks ever. But I'm I'm not going to hold my breath that it'll happen. What other news stories do you have, brother? Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor. Well, I was really surprised to read uh, President Nelson. Apparently, and and this is a quote from it. He was he, he was he says the the quote is from uh, that the prophet has never been that high before. But there's <laughs> that is a okay. clickbait title. Yeah, yeah, that's a clickbait title. No, he was not, he actually climbed up into the scaffolds of the the temple, and he's you know I, I, I you know I'm sure that they took precaution and sure. they made sure it was very safe. But but that's that's still pretty scary. And so uh, the the prophet to inspect the temple uh, went where no prophet has gone before. The Star Trek reference, right? Went up on the scaffolds of the the temple as there there were, and I thought. I thought, 
I, you know, my mind, I'm like, he's 97. Yeah. I'm like, and he, can we like, get him an elevator? That's what, what I think. I mean, what's come he on. What's doing up there? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's also in the same vein where I'm like worried about his safety. I'm like, it's pretty dang cool. He's 97 and he's climbing up the scaffold. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah, that's that's my my next. Now I want to take a little umbrage with it uh, because you okay. said uh, that no other prophet has been before. Now, it's not the technical prophet, but. The angel Moroni, if Moroni was a prophet and the angel Moroni is on top of the temple, unless President Nelson went to the very tippy top of the temple, maybe is there some well, room and, for and discrepancy? I think that there's some room for discrepancy because I could be wrong on this and it's not in the article, but I believe Joseph F. Smith, prior to becoming the prophet, was there at the, uh, like, like, climbed up pretty high. When they were doing some of the capsules, I don't know if it was as high as President Nelson was at all, but I don't think he was the prophet at the time. Interesting. Um, so, in the in when they were originally building the temple, so I believe that that's true. I would love it if someone corrected me because someone will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing about General Conference. So, General Conference now just a few weeks away. If you're not uh, following the Cultural Hall on Twitter, do it at the Cultural Hall. We always live tweet all of the sessions, and we'll do it again for this General Conference session as well. If you remember the saga of the General Conference sessions, there's there's uh, no more priesthood. It's five general sessions. Now there's four sessions. Now let's go back to five. Oh, let's make it a women's session, uh, and and probably three more changes within that. Um, uh, and, then, and then it's just a normal general session on Sunday. And then no like, session. And then it's just four. And then it's five. And then two. And then we combine them all, and we just like, stay there for thirty six hours. Night? Are we going to get our Saturday night back, or are we going to like? And now it's official uh, with the uh, Spring Conference 2022. The third session. That is the evening, Saturday evening session, will be a women's conference session uh, for all women, uh, and especially those who turn 12 in 2022. I propose we just call it, start calling it the floating session of general conference. You can't do that. Because that has a completely different connotation that I don't think that you're aware of. And so let's all just sort of giggle that Andrew doesn't know what that maybe means or maybe he was making the joke. I don't think yeah, I was. No, you so don't. You'll have, to, you'll have to take me aside and explain <laughs> to me afterward. I, I, I'll tell, I, I will do that. It, and sounds like, it feels like it's like from Beauty and the Beast. I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is 100%. I will tell, tell you when you're older. But... Uh, yeah, so with the women's conference session, we'll be we'll all be able to see it, but that particular session uh, will be for women, and and there will be people attending in the conference center for the first time in you know COVID. Oh, that's nice. I wonder if they're going to have a lot of distance. If you're going to see yeah, like it's limited, it's not going to it's not going to be full. You know what they should do? They should do what they did with baseball, like put fake people up throughout. <laughs> You can sponsor your you ever, own cardboard you cutout in general. During sure. COVID. Sure. And it was like it was like, okay, they've got like 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 cardboard cutouts out. And yeah. It was it was weird. It's a great it, I, it's a great idea. I think we should do it actually. Yeah. We should have like like an old man sleeping in one, <laughs> you know. You could have the you know, someone who's really into it. 
you know, someone who, you know, yeah, and someone who's just perpetually laughing at and whatever. You remember like five or six years ago, the uh, like teenage kid who got in front of the camera and then it became a meme. He like got caught in the camera like that guy <laughs> should be there. Yes, yeah, so you yeah. should take all those. The family classes. taking the screaming baby out. I, you're on to something. Yeah. You're on to something, th- Mr. Mayor. I think that would be great. Uh, for the first time since the start of the pandemic, all U.S. temples are open for proxy ordinances. I saw that headline and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the That's most recent know. being the Montreal, Quebec temple returning to phase three. The Medford, Oregon temple moving to phase three. Uh, it was previously in 2B. It had been closed several months for extended maintenance. But, yep, for the first time since the start of the pandemic, all U.S. temples that are open are open for proxy ordinances. Tell you something I learned about the temple recently is that the San Antonio Temple, maybe mm. it's the same thing with other smaller temples where you have to get an appointment. To get an appointment at San Antonio Temple, and we this was, what, three weeks ago we went? It was booked out until middle the middle of April. Wow. Wow. And so, you know, to make the drive down and stuff, we were like, you know, everyone in our ward said, oh, you can make the drive. You can make it in. I'm like, what am I going to have to sit in the waiting waiting list all day? And I think for some of the retired people who was the one who told me, I'm like, I think that's okay for them. I'm like, I don't have the time. So we, we opted to go a little fit farther to Houston, who had open times. Hmm. And we, we drove a little farther to get set time well you know anyway, we we do that your... we, we do that to ourselves because the uh the uh, first presidency said get your appointments make your appointments go to the temple so and then they fill up yeah they did it so we had to we had to go to houston to get and even then they were tight but they had open slots nice session yeah it was a really nice session. first time i'd been since the beginning of covid yeah i haven't been back yet and it's they've changed some stuff like the film is different than things. And it was, oh, the why I know this is probably the worst thing to be appreciative about the temple. Mm-hmm. We were you're in and out in an hour and a half. Yeah, they've made it shorter for oh sure. Oh my heck. <laughs> and and it's, it's not, not that they've cut out anything important, but all the like, like, like there's a whole bunch of stuff that like, like filler stuff that just is just, they've just taken it down to what is important. And it's like, this is awesome. So yeah. Hour and a half. You can time your time. You can probably now go to the temple and still go to a movie <laughs> for a date night. I need. Yeah. I need to. Uh, I need to get that recommend and go back. I don't have one. Not that I couldn't get one. I just haven't done it. Been in. A, um, you know, transient sort of live, mef, messed my uh, left my ward and now in uh, the current ward that I'm in and then moving again fairly soon ish. I should probably get that taken care of and go. Because you know what I think? I think my day job would allow me to go during work hours. Doesn't your day job require it? Well, I'm just uh, for new hire employees, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, not yeah. Uh, those those of us that have been around for a little while, yeah, we're grandfathered in. They, they We've been strongly encouraged to get a Temple Recommend. Uh, yeah, but we, we talked about that on the previous articles of uh, uh, speaking of temples, the LDS Church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, celebrating 50 years of the Provo, Utah Temple. We celebrate that by saying, yeah, we're going to change that completely. Interesting to note that it was just 50 years ago that that temple came about. Uh, speaking of 50s in the church, the Mormon churches, that's this headline's uh, phrasing of it, $52 billion stock fund 
bought Tesla and trimmed legacy automakers Ford and General Motors, you can anticipate that about every three months in Business Insider, uh, because now the church is reporting more openly what our investments are in, um, that you'll have headlines like, they're getting rid of this, they've bought into this, and you can bet that we will share it here in the cultural hall. Partly too bad, and here's why. Because back in the day, we used to speculate about what they owned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was funner. It was more fun to go, oh, I think the church is a ma- major stockholder in Coke, Be, you know, mm-hmm. even with the or Disney, the caffeine, right? or Disney, or, you know, no one knew, but everyone speculated that they, they were, and now we know it's just not as much fun. So it's good for us to have transparency, but the transparency Absolutely. is just not as fun. It's not as fun. It's the right thing, and I'm glad it's there. I just missed the I missed the mystery. They also invested in a thing called Ginkgo Bioworks, which, you know, I'm a fan of the name, if nothing else. Yeah, I, it sounds like uh, um, snake oil. <laughs> well, I got to get you in my Ginkgo Bioworks downline, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, two other just quickies. Uh, there is a new DI in Tucson, Arizona, a Deseret Industries down in Tucson, Arizona. Is that is that off of Route sixty six? Uh, is that, is that Tucson, Arizona? No, it's um, Flagstaff, Arizona. Never mind. Yep. Never mind. Route yep. sixty six song does not talk about Tucson. Talks about Flagstaff. Super cool with the DI because it's not just the thrift store, it's also the donation center. And when people think of DIs, maybe they just think of the thrift side of it. Um, But each of these uh, Deseret Industries thrift store and donation centers also uh, allow employees to have access to professional counseling, employment coaching, paid internship opportunities, resume and interview help, addiction recovery, and potential funding for education or technical training. And, you know, you've got the one down there in Texas that they uh, they did a little while back, and now we got the one in Tucson. I'm telling you, they're getting big. There's a couple in Vegas, uh, which is where this next— They're going to be overtaking Goodwill before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have Great Will. That's what we'll change the name to. There we go. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Las Vegas, this terribly sad story: Erlinda Zacharias faced an immeasurable loss when her four children and three other family members were killed in a violent car crash in North Las Vegas. This happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, the family is uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, if you look in the show notes, there is a GoFundMe that is helping to. Um, take care of funeral costs and stuff like that. It's just a sad story of imagine if most of your family and loved ones were killed in a car crash. She's a member of the church, and you can read a little bit about that. That's horrible. Sorry to hear that. What do you got, sir? So in Pocatello, Idaho. Heard of it? Yeah, you you can go. Like, I never, in my mind, I I guess I never think of Pocatello as being the airbnb place to go yeah, but it's the airbnb you, capital of the uh, nation Andrew. it must be <laughs> if uh if you if that's if that's something you want you need is an airbnb in pocatello idaho apparently apparently you can uh, they've converted an old lds church that sleeps 40 and has an arcade a basketball court and more it says and i always like and more <laughs> It doesn't. It means they've told you the good things, and the end more are a whole bunch of things they didn't want to list. Yeah. But um, but um, you know, I'm looking at the pictures. Looks pretty cool. They've taken 
uh, the kitchen and updated it. There's a big, huge family room. I mean, it looks pretty fun. And it looks like, hey, if you want your family, um, an extended family, to get away, go to Pocatello and get the Airbnb of the old LDS church there in Pocatello. What's crazy, it's $499 per night. So if it sleeps 40, I mean, it's like under 20 bucks for each yeah. person. You get 40 of your fr- best friends and family and each pay 20 bucks, man. You you got a good place. Apparently it's on the corner of McKinley Avenue and West Elm Street. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. That's a very nice intersection right there. Yeah, that's the I love that intersection. Oh, yeah, and that part of town is just beautiful. Yeah, I can't remember where that. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I know in Pocatello is where the old Holiday Inn is and was. Uh-huh. And there's a there's a pizza place there that I hope it's still there. That's right on the river. That's they use the the they, it's also a a brew pub. Mm-hmm. So they use the yeast in the dough. The Interesting. Yeast, the fermenting yeast in the dough. Really good pizza. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm sure you can find it if you yelp it. If it's still around, the rev- years since I've been the reverence which it. you had for Pocatello and the pizza joint. I just, yeah, yeah, I appreciate I, that. I, uh, I, I want to throw this out there. If there are 38 of our closest friends who would like to go uh, rent the Airbnb in Pocatello, Andrew and I will go. We'll meet you there. Just absolutely. Let's, let's pick a couple let, dates. Let, let, let's do, and then. Um, I wonder if we could find like where the back row would be, where the old chapel would be, and we could do a picture. Oh, in the pic- in the pictures that I saw, it's very obvious where the back row of the yeah, cultural yeah. hall would be. They though they have changed it to an Airbnb, they have not changed very much about it for sure. Yeah, they just put stuff in it. To to that end, one day, why have we not? We need to have a picture of of many of us all together from the cultural. Hall. I mean, way back in the day. You can see it. There's the one of the Draper Temple right when the Draper Temple first came out and we all dressed in denim. (laughs) (laughs) That was very, very very early on. That's a fun little picture. Way before my day. That's when I was just a listener. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, You're right, though. We do need to do something like that again. I'm still um, uh, hopeful for the uh, temple trip where we hit all the temples in the state of Utah in a 24-hour period. We'll do it. We'll do it. Just not today. We'll do it. But to that end, by the way, I will be in Utah. It looks like the last week of March, first week of April. Done. So you'll be in town to good. help me move. That's awesome. Is that what? Yes, Andrew. That's, that's why so I'm coming. Great. Thank you. Totally. Thank I'm you. I'm coming in. I'm coming for work. I'm sure my my they don't mind if I take a day. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. Interesting. <laughs> Andrew just changed his travel plans. Not coming that weekend anymore. Uh, a couple quick one-offs here. Uh, there is a. A uh, church that has now been uh, converted into a school in downtown Salt Lake. Now, this Ooh, a lot of people know about 142 West 200 North, which means nothing to most people. But one of the unique things about this particular church is it has an iconic stained glass window that depicts the first vision scene. Now, there are not many of these in uh, the state of Utah anymore, these stained glass windows. Um, But the school, American Heritage School, is sort of this like, if you're a member of the church and you want your kids to go to a charter or a private school, that's where you have them go. Like we sort of 
We sort of say that it's a church school, but it's not a church school, and it's certainly not um, funded or affiliated with the church, but we sort of give that nod, like your your kids will get a good education, goodly parents bring their kids to this school, that kind of stuff. Um, they have purchased that school or that church and converted it into school, and they're keeping the uh, the stained glass window, which I think is awesome. Uh, and then also, uh, people love our churches so much that in Provo, uh, the police responded to a call of suspicious activity at a church building on 12th South and 5th West in Provo. They discovered that a window had been broken and that cards belonging to a Marinda Smith were found at the scene. Now, here's what I love about this. Marinda, whom I'm assuming to be a man, um, Marinda Smith and Jordan Forbes were uh, were arrested. Why would you have cards with your personal contact information anywhere on your person thinking. as you're breaking into something that they could fall out, str- be strewn about, and be found so that you would get busted? It's like when we video, why when you video yourself doing something illegal, don't do that. Yeah, I it's just like do you have like I just imagine cards are like you've been uh, you've been served by your local. Um, thief, uh-huh. you know, Marinda, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just a weird, weird thing. It reminds me of, uh, in home alone, as a matter of fact, remember yeah. when he's like, it's calling my calling card. card. <laughs> yeah. We we're the wet bandits. Yeah. And so now they know every place they've ever done because yes. they're all the wet. Yes. Public. Yes. What a dumb movie that is. I love that. It's a classic, but it's so dumb. So dumb. I'm, I, I liked it at the time. Uh-huh. But I was younger, and sure. I've tried. Everyone loves it, even now. A great Christmas movie. It's not my favorite Christmas movie. Mm. I just don't love it. What's your favorite Christmas movie, real quick? Oh, White Christmas. There it is. I knew it. I was yeah. even going to say it. If you, if you're like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I was like, yeah, yes, you do. It's White Christmas. And I, I and it's really not a Christmas movie if you really no. think about it. No. It has two songs that are one song that says White Christmas, the other one's about snow, which isn't necessarily Christmas at all. The rest of the whole show is about them trying to save this inn, mm-hmm. which I guess has a, 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 a I, I, I have a blog article about this where I, I talk about, I guess there's a Christmas theme if you talk about service to others. Yeah. But beyond that, there's nope. no real Christmas anything in it. Nope. But some great songs, choreography, one of my favorite <laughs> songs of all time. Heps, who did steps, they aren't stepping anymore, they're doing choreography. What other news stories do you have, Mr. Mayor? I'm out. Okay. I'm done. So I'm then done. let me go through these quick because I want to make sure that we leave a little bit of time for Marcus in the third block. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, New Zealand, been noted for being able to keep a tamp down on COVID. Well, recently they had an uptick, and by an uptick I mean there was like a positive case. Now, here is what's interesting. Um, anyone who visited O'Hagan's Irish Bar, or I guess it'd be O'Hagan's uh, Russian Bar in Auckland uh, on Saturday, uh, January 30th, between 8 p.m. and 1 a.m., uh, or in the Grey Lynn, uh, I'm sorry, Hopper's Garden Bar in Grey Lynn between 8 p.m. and 12 a.m. are asked to self-isolate and get immediately uh, tested. So someone tested positive they were in those places. Now, here's the interesting thing. Meanwhile, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, in Papatua, I don't know, and Favona have also been named as close 
contact locations of interest. So my question for you and everyone else. Did they else, go from the bar to the church? That's what that's my right. question is. How, how did they get tied together that way? And I don't. The elder, and maybe I, the elders quorum met after at the bar. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. But that was immediately where I went to. I was like, this, hmm. Uh, for the first time in BYU's history, the starting five, that's for the basketball team, none of them are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's kind of cool, actually. I, like I, I think it's tremendous. Uh, there are obviously members of the church who play on the team, but of the starting five, they are not members of the church. Uh, also in BYU news, uh, the Department of Education for Civil Rights has dismissed that Title IX complaint against BYU. Uh, it alleged that uh, BYU discriminated against LGBTQ students by barring same-sex relationships. The Office for Civil Rights determined that it lacked the jurisdiction to address the complaint's allegations because, as a university sponsored by a religious organization, BYU is exempt from Title IX regulations. So there's that. And then speaking, obviously, of that in, in, in tandem with that, in a move to show its political and moral support on issues of preserving religious rights while protecting members of the LGBTQ community, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has joined with other stakeholders to support the proposed legislation in Arizona that provides protections for LGBTQ individuals. Now, people will say, well, wait a minute. Wait, that doesn't seem... Yeah, one of the reasons why in Utah we have such expansive LGBTQ protections is because the church stepped in and said, yeah, we need to do this, you guys. No one should ever be discriminated against uh, because of these things. And so uh, they have kind of put their... Maybe money where their mouth is isn't the right term for it, but they have put their mouth, they have put their feet where their mouth is and said, you know what, we are in favor of these LGBTQ protections down in Arizona. And that is a great thing. And I'm really grateful that the, they, because you shouldn't be discriminated against for any reason. No, um, but for, for li- I can think of zero reasons why you should be discriminated against. There's just no way my brain can go to that at all. Yep. Uh, except that I'll say uh, I'm discriminating against you right now, uh, Mr. Mayor. I'm going to need you to get out. I got to give that seat to right. uh, Marcus Smith. So go get out. The get... best thing is, is I won't screw up the ending. Yes. <laughs> I, I have decided now from now on, whenever you're on, we're just going to have a third block part so you don't get the even opportunity. Even if it's just you, even if it's just you coming back out of talking so I can't mix up the ending. A hundred percent. There you go. Thanks for being with me, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. See ya. Recording stopped. Whoop, 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 whoop. All right. All right. Thank you. No worries. You're the best around, so and nothing's going to ever get you down. Get my car inspected and uh, go to Bucky. Have you ever – you got to come to Texas one time, and we'll go to Bucky. I'm coming to Texas. Yeah, you're coming in August, right? Yeah. How long are you going to be here? Well, like a four, four or five days. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to make it make, – Plan my. Let me know when you get the actual dates, and I'll plan a trip. I'm flying in a day there. early so that I'm here. So I'll let you know that night would okay. be a great night for dinner. Okay, cool. Because I can, I can probably find work to do in Dallas. If you're coming down to Texas, you got to go to Bucky's in the Land with Andrew. I think Mayer. Bucky's will be probably a little too far for you to make it that night. Nope. So it'll be an. It'll have to be another trip. Forget it. We're going. <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to. Uh, I guess we can, and that's the whole night. Yeah. Is this driving to Bucky's? Done. Thank okay. you, sir. Anyway, we'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, it is a great pleasure for me to introduce to everyone uh, my friend Marcus. Marcus Smith is a host of a BYU radio program, Constant Wonder, uh, and also a, a good friend of mine. I need to say this before we get into what Constant Wonder is even about, Marcus. Uh when I came and took this job at BYU, it was a lot of people that I thought, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have anything in common with these guys, or <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to have great conversation with them. And and it has been a thing that has surprised me time and time again how similar and maybe dissimilar we are, but that we're still able to be great friends. So I appreciate you taking a few minutes. Yeah, I haven't taken umbrage at a single thing you've ever done. <laughs> not yet. Not, we, sh- we should say not yet. Uh, we can always hope, right? <laughs> now, uh, we'll, we'll, we will get to Constant Wonder because I think it, that it's something that people need to check out. I, I think it's fair to say it's not going to be something for everyone, but for those that it is, it is the best thing of what it is and does. But I want to know a little bit more about you first. Sure. Uh, first of all, how long have you worked for BYU Radio? Yeah, uh, coming up on 24 years. That's a good long time. Did they have radio 24 <laughs> years? Kidding, of course. Tesla and me, good friends. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, what was it that made you go into radio that 24 years ago? Well, I needed a job. But beyond that, uh, you know, when I was a, a kid in college, I loved classical music radio. I grew up listening to classical music radio. And I always fantasized about having a job at Classical 89. And uh, I eventually landed one there as a as a morning announcer for uh, you know classical DJ kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and 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 I enjoyed that. But I also have a part of me that likes to be a producer of stories, and you know uh, longer form stories where you can really get into something. So uh, eventually, I ended up doing. Uh, that kind of production, and then live radio interviews with all kinds of people across the, uh, not not the globe, but across the map of disciplines and interests and hobbies and expertise. And so for 13, 14 years, I was host of Thinking Aloud and, and a half hour show of interviews. And I, I think that's probably, you know, of all the, the arrows in my quiver, I, I think being an interviewer is one I'm kind of proud of and I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to know people. You know, one of the things that I think is an important distinction is when people think of BYU radio, I think most people think of classical music, right? For for the longest time, it was just, you know, the classical hits on KBYU. In fact, when I tell people, oh, yeah, my day job is it, they're like, oh, that surprises me. You don't feel like you would be the one that would be playing the latest and greatest from Brahms or Chopin. Yeah, yeah, you know, if, some, if an outfit has been around for decades and decades, it gets a brand, right? And so people kind of affiliate the university's radio station with classical music. But there's, there's a broader offering. 
Uh, people would probably assume, and I think maybe rightfully so, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Indeed. A convert or a lifer? Or? A lifer, you know. My wife uh, is not really pleased with my ancient pioneer stock because she, <laughs> the, her, her clan has more recently come to the church. But uh, yeah, been in, a, you know, got Utah roots. Is that in the time that you've, since you've known her, that she came into the church or just briefly? Her, her, her grandparents. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so you come into work at BYU. Did you have, like I sort of had, any sort of hesitation working for the church? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing because um, uh, working for the church and going to BYU and being kind of within the cultural hall, uh-huh. as it were, uh, that's a, a zone that I know really, really, really well. And so it's kind of a comfort zone. But what I have enjoyed... In, in my employment for the church is trying to be something of an advocate for how do we build a bridge in the way we communicate with people where we're not doing the in-speak thing, mm-hmm. where we can speak about what we cherish and what we value and what we believe and be accessible. I mean, the example I always give is that uh, somebody will say, say, maybe they're in the Marriott Center giving a devotional address. and They'll talk about how they were prompted to do something, mm-hmm. that verb to prompt, mm-hmm. it's not total in speak, but it's it's pretty in speakish mm-hmm. because somebody else far afield from our culture and our religion thinks of a prompt as what you know somebody forgets their lines in a Shakespeare play and down there in the box they open the door on the stage and they yell the lines that's a prompt right uh-huh. it's not default oh the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody there you know right we don't often speak the language other people speak. Yeah, I know with every fiber of my being, Marcus, <laughs> that uh, sometimes when we're prompted, no, it's all that kind of stuff. That stuff, yeah. So, so now with constant wonder, and I want to make sure that we give enough time because it's an hour long podcast that people can subscribe to wherever they're getting the cultural hall, and and you have recently kind of leaned into more of that podcast space, constant wonder. I love it conceptually just because it's like, have you ever wondered? And then the answer is yes. And then for a long time, I get to wonder alongside of you. Is that sort of what is behind the name? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because um, I, I'm the one guilty of coming up with a title for the show. <laughs> and, you know, you're looking for a title of a show and you think, well, what, what, what do we want to accomplish? And uh, I just stumbled across the phrase constant wonder, which is kind of just like a cliche. You know, somebody is doing the wrong thing every day in their life. And you say, that person's a constant wonder. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a compliment. But I suddenly realized as I came across that phrase that there's all kinds of, there's, there's double and triple meanings possible. Yeah, you can wonder about something as, you know, you're, you're kind of mulling it over. You're, you're curious about it. But there's also the wonder of awe, the majesty of the world, of creation, of people doing miraculous things, of being surprised, of the sublime experience of seeing something in nature that overwhelms you. So being overwhelmed, that's one kind of wonder. And and then just having an, an inquisitive spirit is another kind of wonder. I like to keep it wide open. And the constant part of it has to do with my personal belief and my commitment to daily devotion, to being uh, committed and dedicated to a, a way of life that takes nothing for granted and thinks of God and thinks of our position in the universe and what we should be doing, all of those, all of those big, big questions 
they're not something for occasional reflection. Mm -hmm. They're something for constant reflection. So constant wonder kind of brackets all of that stuff together. Now, when people hear that, though, they go, well, is this a religious show? Are we talking religion all the time? It, it, it is just as religious as the fact that I am alive is religious. Uh, life is glorious. Life is a focal point for me. Supporting life, nurturing life, and, and, and understanding uh, that I must be humble before the miracle of life. That's religion. And so, no, we're not preaching, you know, doctrine and theology. And, but there is a certain aspect of cosmology that informs it all. At least it informs my life and I'm the host. And so <laughs> it bleeds through that I'm going to care. About. I mean, I went out this morning for my usual walk, uh, an, an hour, six to seven. The, the sun isn't up yet. I'm seeing stars. I'm seeing the moon. And through my mind is going, I'm getting my bearings on the universe. I do this every day. Hmm. I take my walk. I want to see what's real in the world. I don't want somebody's fiction. I want to see what's real in the world. And so there's that moon. What am I going to do with that? Well, it looks closer than it is. I've done the math. <laughs> I've seen the <laughs> charts. You know, It's pretty far away. Uh, but it's in my life. Now, the question is, is it constantly in my life? Well, it is during the course of my walk. I see that moon. I see those stars. I'm there. I'm getting my bearings on the universe. And I feel every morning reverence. I feel devotion. It's kind of – it almost qualifies as a ritual for me. Um, and I'm thinking. I'm using my mind. I'm using my heart. I'm getting my bearings on the universe. Now, why was I telling you all of this? <laughs> There's a reason. I, I don't know what it is. Now, is it religion is what you were asking mm -hmm, me? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, religion is what I breathe. It's the water. It's the air. It's the moon that I see. It's the real tangible realities of life that I confront every day as I work out my – in, in Latter-day Saints speak – as I work out my salvation, mm -hmm. right? That, that kind of a thing. And so um, I'm a religious guy. I'm a deep believer. I have and, – and, and if I do a show that's going to be heard by somebody who is maybe not that necessarily, I'm going to bridge with whatever language I can to say these things I cherish, these things I believe. And I'm not going to give articles of faith <laughs> and I'm not going to quote scripture. But I think people can get it if they see that I'm sincere about this. That when I interview somebody about the miraculous workings of an octopus, a diver in South Africa, my, you know, Craig Foster, my, my octopus teacher, if he's telling me what he engages with in, in that manifestation of wonder and beauty, he may not say the word God. He may not even believe in God. That doesn't matter so much to me. Mm. What matters to me is the constant, serious engagement with what is real given our limited time here on planet Earth. Is there a certain element, and I think it was Neil A. Maxwell that, that uh, man, this is going to test my knowledge, but uh, was walking around on uh, the, the property around the church headquarters, and someone saw him staring at the flowers. Are you familiar with what I'm saying? I, I can't vouch for this, but okay, go ahead. Okay, that's it's fine. a nice that's story. Fine. So, so I'll, I'll continue to, to yeah. share the story. But they, one of the apostles, they would see this apostle looking at the flower every day, and, and they were like, it's just a beautiful flower. That's fine. What are you doing? And, and what, he, what he ended up um, sharing with that individual who noticed that they did that was he was thinking about how when he got to make 
the things on his planet how he was going to do it. Was, is he going to construct that that way? Or or why was it the delicate balance of this with this? Okay. Or how okay. does all okay. that work? I, 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 okay, I'm not going to say that I do any of that kind of thing. Okay? <laughs> okay. What I will say is that um, my religion that I bring in my person to my job mm-hmm. is a religion that believes that we are are humbled and put in our place and we get real when we consider creation and when we do it with sufficient gravitas, seriousness, joy, uh, gratitude. Because uh, you know how grace is a word that people love to talk about these sure. days? And yeah. I, I, I think often that grace is misunderstood because there is a certain aspect of grace that came into my life when I lost my brother to a suicide. Mm. And is it um, – it's not a bonbon. It's not a little sweet treat. Grace, right. is, grace is serious stuff and grace is what is given to you. And, and where do we start with what is given to us? Tragedies, joys, uh, I win the lottery, <laughs> my ship just came in, I got a great job or I lost my brother to a suicide. What is, where is grace in all of that? Well, if you want to start with a story of grace, you have to begin with – the wonder of creation. I just love that we're in the Old Testament uh, study right now because mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more wondrous that humanity has undertaken, no matter what culture or religion you come from, than all of those origin stories of where it all began. Yeah, And uh, to, to go to Genesis and, and to, to go into a, a, a devotional approach to the stories of creation. Personally, when I do that in my morning walks, or and then I fold that in with something like, all things denote there is a God, uh, the earth in its motion, that kind of thing. Um, I think that there is no better way to get to the issues of grace and charity and redemption and plan of salvation, everything, the centrality of Christ in, in, in our understanding of his purposes, uh, our relationship to him, our need for help. Uh, being cast out of the garden, from out of a paradise, wondering if we can ever go back, Mm -hmm. those kinds of – all the big questions, you got to start at the beginning. And in the beginning was what? Well, now we're talking origin stories. And we're talking about – you know, one of the things I remember from my education because I got a master's in German literature here at BYU. Well, well, well. I I loved it. And I remember one of my professors one day in a German class of all places talking about ancient Greece. And he he said, you know, the ancient – the the most important, uh, most famous ancient secret mystery rites in in ancient Greece were the – Eleusinian mysteries, if I said that correctly. And at the, at the core of that, of those mysteries, right at the, the crux of the experience was a secret. And the initiates who went into this uh, whole experience would encounter can – I, can, I, can I – this is a spoiler. It's a, it's a secret mystery. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It was an ear of grain like barley or wheat or something like that. It was, about, it was seeds. Mm-hmm. It was seeds. Where do we first learn about seeds in the Bible and how important is that? Well, you're talking about the creation of the plants. Mm-hmm. And in that whole story, whether it's the moon that I was talking about in my walk or uh, th- from that chapter that people kind of think it's the Korahor story. But before you get to the end of Korahor, you get the fact that all things denote there is a God. They are witnesses, not proof. Mm-hmm. They're witnesses. And wonder for me is 
my personal willingness to be humble before the witnesses all around me. They can come from nature. They can come from human interactions. They can come from insights. They, they might be grand eureka moments. But I get wonder, like that apostle of your apocryphal story, <laughs> um, I get wonder from looking at a flower. But it's not just the beauty of the flower. It's also the ugly part of that plant after the flower has wilted and it's making the seeds mm-hmm. and you're looking at the full life of that plant and the way it dies away in the fall and then is resurrected if it's a perennial in the springtime or is resurrected through the seeds if it's an annual plant. And then I go to my compost pile and I see the process of death in that pile. But I look deeper into the pile and I see the reemergence of life. For me, these are experiences of wonder. And it's not... Okay, I went to the Grand Canyon when I was a 13, 14-year-old kid with some scouts in my ward. Mm-hmm. People often think of wonder, big, phenomenal, stupendous. That's great. That Which, epic, to be fair, the Grand Canyon is both epic and wonderful. It is. Yep. It is. What we miss is the opportunity to see wonder constantly, daily, in the places where we are. Mm-hmm. And that could be a, 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 a two-square-foot of a space in my yard where there are worms and microbes that are living in the soil, making that soil a, 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 a fertile spot for a seed to thrive. See, that I think about wonder going from the microcosm, yes, to the macrocosm. It's in the tiny seed. It's in the DNA. It's in the mysteries of life that remain mysteries that scientists I don't think are going to necessarily – I mean, you can get the genome in there, and I can. I, I fa- I'm fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't tell me why. And when I have my morning devotions, I'm wondering not just about how does, you know, a plant grow? How does an animal reproduce? How do the planets orbit? I can wonder about the how, how, how all day long. But I become humbled, and 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 my worship begins when I think I believe there's a why. I believe there's a why. I'm confident there's a why. You know, I ramble a lot. No, no, I don't think so. The thing that I love about it is is for anyone that is hearing this and thinking, oh, uh, now I have a really great idea about what constant wonder is. I love just the very simple fact, uh, or not simple fact, but the simple presence of your voice and the intelligence and the wonderment and the curiosity that gets satiated um, by what you do with constant wonder. And so that's why I wanted to be able to visit with you, to be able to share people not only the vision for what the uh, show is so that people can uh, find it and they can be able to subscribe and to listen to it, but also I just love hearing your voice and this was an excuse (laughs) for me to be able to talk to you and be able to hear it. Well, Richie, it's been a pleasure and thanks for spending a little time with me. Of course. It's constant wonder. You can find it wherever you find the cultural hall and encourage you to do that. Now, he mentioned that uh, there's episodes like about, uh, you know, an octopus and there's other episodes that you have coming up. The Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone. It's it's a thing that you go, wow. I, I don't know that I ever would have wondered about that, or at least I do, and then I get into it and I go, oh, yeah, and then there's this question and there's this, and it's just a phenomenal job that you and, and your team do for well, sure. Well, thank you so much, and we plan to do it constantly. <laughs> well, uh, Marcus, there is one question that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall, and so I'll ask that of you right now, and that question is, and we leave it for you to interpret it however you may, what is your favorite part of your faith? 
Yeah, that is a tough one. Yes. And um, you're going to give me lots and you're going to give me an hour or two or no. no. I'm going to give you I'm two on, minutes. I'm Johnny on the spot. Okay, yeah. Okay, favorite part of my faith. The favorite part of my faith is actual experiences. They are real and they are life-changing and they are when I am acted upon rather than acting of my own accord acted upon by the Spirit, hmm. where I cannot deny what I experience, and I may not necessarily have full clarity about the meaning of that experience, but it, when people use it, people speak glibly about a heart being penetrated. I'm talking about the bodily experience of the presence of the Spirit, possibly of God. It's real. Yeah. Marcus, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Brother Brent, Debbie Wanless, Chocolate Cake Bites podcast, and Miracles, I told you so, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back 